stop. Daily thoughts. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. You think you could take out an orangutan with a sword or? No, that thing is coming straight for my arm and it's going to have the sword before you could say orangutan. It did a death grip on that guy. He, the impressive thing with the orangutan is it has three limbs that are essentially as strong as one of our arms and is way more dexterous with all of them than we are with the sword. So oh, that okay. matchup is a sub zero win. Basically, yeah. Like, I feel like they have enough, like, people are like, oh, like, you have intelligence over that. And I was just like, no, we don't. Like, I'm pretty sure at this point, the human brain has regressed to the point where intelligence is not enough to beat an orangutan. No, it can help me run away. But if we're locked in a room together, that orangutan is killing me. Yeah, I'm talking like pure, like, gladiatorial arena, like you and a sword versus an orangutan. I think the orangutan wins. I would have to get lucky if it's stupid enough to trip over something then I could maybe catch it by surprise. But if it knows what it's doing and coming straight at me, that ain't happening. Yeah. And I'm trying to talk like bare minimum. Like you have no knowledge of how to use a sword either. Like it's just you just regular. Yeah. You it, yeah. You you're in an arena. You've never used a sword before. And they just say, Hey, here you go. Here's your one chance. Don't mess up. I'm messing up. First I, thing. Easily. Like, yeah, I'm not like, you know, I'm not Obi-Wan Kenobi over here just swinging the sword around knowing what to do. Like, I'm, I'm screwed. I don't know how to yeah. swing it as such. Um, you know, no, who do- does know how to swing the sword, though? Good segue. Who? Thank you. Uh, Matt Carpenter, uh, who has the fish hits. man, the, the fish, Aquaman, uh, mustache man. I think his mustache is better than Nestor's, but that <laughs> that's just yeah. down to opinion. I actually don't disagree with that one, but continue. It's a little fuller. It's a little fuller on the sides. I kind of dig it. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I, I got to say, you and I talked about the need for the Yankees to get more into mustaches, in the and they got it. Because yeah, we were complaining about the lack of beards, and they got it from the place that we did not expect. We we've been talking about like you know just uh like like a you know just like an X factor, like an underrated X factor to to adopt. There's just been a lot. There's been a dearth of mustaches since about like 2000. Yeah, you're talking Murphy? about like J.R. Murphy. Just no one, no one rocking, no one rocking the lip fuzz. But now, now there's so much of it, so much going around. Yeah, exactly. Like you have those two dudes. I need someone else to. We need. We need. You need one more. You need a leader. G like needs I, to bring the mustache back. Like I need Stan to grow that out. Yeah. If we get playoff mustaches in the way that hockey does playoff beards, I think. 28 is a lock. That's good vibes. It's better vibes than whatever Josh Allison's bringing to the team right now. But yeah, I'll walk off non-withstanding. Walk off non-withstanding. He's back, and apparently he's mad at everybody. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> didn't throw him under the bus. They just kind of were not picking him up on that, and he he was he didn't appreciate uh, like the public comments from from Booney and 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 uh, Judge there. Yeah, but. I think the situation was handled from an organizational standpoint as about decently as it could have been, you know, kind of not try to over explain what happened. Just let it go, not let it go, but you know, let like we're disappointed and like, yeah, you you can't be saying that really, but like, then he hits the IL for 10 days and then everyone kind of comes back. Yeah. He had the COVID IL and then the weird shoulder injury, which was just like, all right, par for the course for 
what I expected from Josh Donaldson this year for being very, I actually, he hit all three things within the first three months of the season. Yeah. His legs still holding up. So yeah, it was, it, it was the wrong body part. I, you yeah. know, we all expected the calf to just go kablooey. Um, that's held up so far. Um, yeah. He's been fine. I'm happy he's back in the lineup. Uh, incidents notwithstanding. But yeah, if you could separate the, that from the baseball stuff, it's, it's nice to have him back in there because Duke kind of needs something at least in that, that middle middle yeah. part of it. Uh, kind of just bringing this up because we play the Twins next. We start tonight because we're recording on Tuesday. Uh, get the old Gio and Gary uh, reunion tonight. Yeah, not in the Bronx as some people have stated. Uh, it's in Minnesota. Yeah, we're we're in Minnesota. Oh my god, yeah. we're in A Rod territory. They're gonna cheer them in Minnesota. Yes, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> there'll uh, be some booze. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how Minnesota fans reacted to either of those two. Like <laughs> my way too early prediction for this series from late last week was Geo and Gary combine for three home runs and eight RBIs. Yeah, I don't know I, if it's going to be a one-game prediction or a series-wide prediction, but I'm counting on them to do a little bit of damage. I, I think I, I would double down on that. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. I, I think both of them are probably going to. It'll probably. Be, I think it's going to be more Geo than Gary. So I, don't really, I, I just that just seems how it'll go. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone's going to do the fan callers going to do this. See you. You were right the whole time. This guy sucks. He's no better than Gallo type of deal, uh, which is just par for the course. But, like, we looked at the numbers, man. Uh, (laughs) For all of you, uh, Higgy should start over Gary people. uh, You can get lost now. Um, In terms of, like, straight catch, like, we knew he's a better hitter than than Higgy, and that especially is whole true. Unless you're counting, like, first, last, I don't know, first two weeks of, like, April uh, spring training, Kyle Higashioka. He's wiping them on the floor, like in offensively, but defensively, they they're pretty much like neck and neck, like for catcher framing runs, which is a statistic that uh, Statcast uses uh, in terms of pitch framing. They're both a net neutral. They're both both zero. Like they don't add anything and they don't take away anything from how they frame pitches, which is probably a testament to how the Twins have coordinated with um with uh. Yeah, uh, you know, with yes. Gary and how they've been coaching uh, Hank Conger, who I think like was like an Angels prospect back in the day or something like that, or Houston prospect. Like he he's the catching coordinator now with the Twins, um, and he's apparently been a huge help for Gary. Um, and then there's also strike rate, which is how well um, like the human total, like and also like how well are you framing like per zone. Uh, there's you know like upper the corners, inside outside up down, uh, those are the zones essentially. Um, Gary in the red, actually, like he's positive. He's his strike rate is about 47.9% on all pitches. Higgy, on the other hand, only 45.4%. So, like, they've both been just a net neutral on defense. Um, it's neck and neck. And then offensively, Gary obviously has just been better. Um, all this is not to say they should have kept him. Like, I think that's going to get lost in the shuffle. Like, that's yeah, this be- was a huge change of scenery kind of thing that needed to happen. Yeah, we agreed. Of- like, who the replacement was. Yeah, like after last year, we'd both come on here and we said the same thing too. Like I like I had said it's probably just time to, to get rid of him to cut bait at that point. Like, yeah, I, I love Gary, but it was just kind of like, all right, it's, it's, it's time. So, but it's just funny because he's doing the thing that people kind of expect him to do, plus with just like a little bit of added, like, all right, he's better on defense kind of deal. 
Yeah. Or at least just net neutral. And for everyone who was just like, oh, Higgy, he's the guy because he can play defensively. That's all you need from a catcher. Like, he's not even providing that. No. Yeah. But uh, it, in, in better news, though, they do have an actual catcher. Jose Trevino has come out of nowhere to kind of be a, a, a guy, at least. Yeah. I don't know if it's really going to sustain. Um, well, he just needs to play well enough till folklore hero Ben Roitvet comes back <laughs> from whatever war he's off fighting. Yeah. <laughs> uses those massive biceps to just slug some dingers over the left field wall. We're just biding our time till we have a three-headed catcher rotation and just sends us to hell. Yeah, basically. His BABIP too, like his batting average on balls in play, like it's it's not really fluky. So I don't it, this could be for real. I don't I have no idea. Like it could actually be a thing where he actually is just kind of finding some luck in his hitting. I don't know if he'll be the guy going forward, but they should definitely play him, like give him at least like a 70-30 share. It should, we should not. Kyle Higashioka should not be even seeing the field right now. No, he... Ah, dude sucks. Yeah. Whatever good graces Gary Cole put him in, I think he has sufficiently fallen out of to the point where he shouldn't be playing unless Trevino needs a day off. He's... I don't even think he's his personal catcher anymore because they started Trevino. No, I don't think yet. so. They started... Yeah. Right with the other day, yeah, they, they put him there instead of uh, instead of Higgy, which is hilarious. Yeah, Higashioka has a worse OPS plus than Cody Bellinger did last year, for what it's worth. By the way, Sick. it's it's twenty. The league average is a hundred. I think Bellinger had like a forty six last year. Just a little off. Just a little off. Like that's your benchmark. Like I'm not expecting much from like you know like I wasn't expecting you know like a full hundred from Higgy or anything like that, but like. And regardless of what he did in spring training, where he tore the cover from the ball, like I the last year his batting line like wasn't like it's not awful. He got more exposed as he had more playing time, which kind of gave me the notion. It's just like okay, he's probably not going to be starting material, but if he platoon with someone, it'd be fine. He can't even platoon with them right now. Yeah, he can't even platoon. He had ten homers last year. He batted one eighty one with two forty six OBP and he had seventy one OPS plus. He hasn't even come close. He hasn't hit a dinger this year. Yeah, but he hits seven in spring training. How much does that count for? Jeez, I can't believe he used all of them. All of them. He used all of his power. That's actually hilarious. Um, yeah, that mini rant was just kind of like a whole big fu to the people who were just like, "Oh, it should be Higgy over Gary." Uh, it should be neither of them. If we're being frank, it should be just true you now. Well, I'm going to be Dan <laughs> and say I agree with you. Well, not counterculture, Dan. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, it I'm definitely gonna... seems like catcher is a position that the Yankees are going to have to go out and acquire someone. We discussed last time, probably not through a trade. So this seems like it's going to be a year long issue. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to trade for. People obviously keep saying, like, uh, keep saying William Contreras, Wilson Contreras from the Cubs is the big one. Um, yeah. He should be available, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be the guy. No, his defense is just as bad as it is. Actually, he's like bottom five in catchers this year in terms of like those defensive stats I mentioned, or bottom bottom ten. Sorry, not bottom five, but he has not been valuable defensively at all. He never really has been. He's got a strong arm, but he's not good at framing runs, and he's not really good or framing strikes at all, which is something that I've seen to em- emphasize a lot more since Gary's left. So I, or at least in recent years. So I don't know. I, offensively he packs a punch i just don't think it'll be him 
Uh, also, another fun fact, no team has ever won a World Series that has traded for a catcher in the middle of the season, like a new starting catcher. It has never happened. How did you even find that stat? I think it was a Ringer article that I read the other day or something oh, okay. like that. Either a ringer article or, or something else where it's just like talking about like, you know, oh, potential like trade candidates, just like just for the trade season in general. Um, no team has ever has ever traded for like a like no World Series winning team has ever traded for the starting catcher this season. So well, it hasn't worked for anyone else, but it may work for us. It could. I mean, well, I don't again, I still don't know if they need like a starting starting catcher. It'd just be nice to have someone who like if you're doing like a platoon, it would just be Trevino and someone else who isn't Kyle Higashioka, I think, at this point. Yeah. But I like your thing. If Ben Rortfit is a real human being, it would be nice just to see what they have in him. Because, like, that dude hasn't hit at all in the minors from what I'm looking, but I, I don't know. It would just be nice. To, neither did a lot of these dudes. So I'm just curious to see, like, what the heck could he bring to the table versus <clears throat> what they currently have now. I mean, we're running out of options to the point where IKF might need to throw suit, the gear back on. Suit up. Cool with that. Yeah. He is the emergency third catcher, which is a lot better than recent emergency third catchers, Regina Dora and Ronald Torres. Yeah. So um he's been fine. I how do you feel about IKF so far? I feel like we, he is what we expect him to be. Yeah, it's the fielding definitely has settled in to the point where you see the guy that you made the move for, and he's been hitting in decent amounts a lot of stuff going the other way um so i i was talking to you before yeah. we were recording about how this trade looks you know in case the yankees don't have donaldson anymore barring you know he doesn't want to play for them because how he feels right right like that's that care of... about him um yeah. and you know definitely the trade would be sour if it's Gary and Geo just for IKF, but I still think that Gary had to be moved, number one. Yeah. And number two, I don't mind losing Geo straight up for IKF. Um, I think Not that- really. I think defensively, they kind of give you the same deal. Like they trade off is okay. Like coming into the season before like any of the shortstops, like, you know, before they were going to engage on any shortstops like that, there was like some notion that they were going to let Geo start it short like, yeah. to begin the year if they just left it as is. It was going to be like, DJ at third, Gio at short, and Glaber at second was like some sort, like some sort of configuration in the infield. Um, I think, I think it's working out the way everyone expected, and I think, you know, the Donaldson topper, although you're paying the money and he's already been hurt a little bit, um, yeah. I think it was. I think the trade was fine. I yeah, I don't. I have no strong opinions on it just yet. I think. I, I think he had to let this one play out through the rest of the year. And then a little bit of next year as well, too. Yeah, I, I don't think this trade is going to end up with either side being heavily cho- deemed the winner in either yeah, way. I, so. I think it's just a net neutral. Unless Gary hits like a just a yeah. shot off us in the ALDS or something like that. And the Twins actually beat us for once. Yeah. Which I would think, be hilarious. I think we'll be fine. I think we're okay there. Um, he does. Someone did remark, though, that he does play shortstop like a third base. He has a lot of backhands at the position. Yeah, which is kind of weird to see, but it's fine. Uh, yeah. The shortstop prospects who were all supposed to be Derek Jeter are not hitting like Derek Jeter just yet, though. So, as long as they're not fielding like Derek Jeter, then we're <laughs> in a good place. Yeah, uh, I mean the guys who we always talk, we're talking about uh, 
talking about Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe, who are off to very, uh, very slow starts so far in the minors, but they've heated up since, like, over the last like month. I think May was better than uh, than their Aprils, at least. Um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Peraza's stats right now. He had a very bad April, bad like 197 the whole time, and then May heated up a little bit more. And he's he's only really four games into June, but he's hit pretty well so far. So like he's over his last week, he's batting like 250. Last like 28 days, he's batting like 233. He's slugging full 384. Hasn't come just yet, but I don't know. It, it, it could for Praza. He's the more he's the closer of the two. And then for Volpe, he's batting. I finally cracked Mendoza for this season. Yes, he he's stolen 20 bases already. What? Uh so like 45 games in. What the hell? What how did that happen? Man goes fast. I guess he does. Like, I didn't know. I didn't think he went that fast. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to look at this from you know a more rose-tinted glasses kind of standpoint, the free agent shortstops that the Yankees were attached to um, are all just dog shit. The uh, yeah, we I, we went over a little bit too, like a month ago, and like let's check back in on them now. So uh, I'll go like one they weren't linked to. Baez, we had him on our fantasy team. He's awful. Like he started off pretty hot, and he just ha- just done regular hobby bias things. He has six walks compared to forty six strikeouts on the season. So let's start with that. He's batting one ninety eight, and his OPS plus is fifty nine. Fifty nine. Yeah, it's not good. It's not what you want. As no. as former Phillies, Marlins, and Yankee manager uh, Joe Girardi would say. Uh, Seager, the one everybody really wanted, or at least most people wanted originally, he's close to above average, or just average OPS plus at 109. 11 homers, not bad. 232 batting average, not great. And he's only getting on base at a 299 clip. So not great, but since offense is down all over the league, fine like he's 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 a, he's average at least yeah uh the other guy in texas marcus simeon hey oh he finally had a few dingers oh, that's good yeah he only took him a little bit of time i think by i think bias is not catching enough heat because he's just kind of in detroit and no one really knows or cares and just kind of expects him to to, to come and go at yeah. this point i think simeon's getting the most heat out of the shortstop class just because of the contract he signed and uh Bias yeah. definitely escaping it a little bit. And I, I mean, Chris had an okay season, but, you know, not hearing anything going on because everyone's going to these teams that just not in the spotlight. Not really. Yeah. Simeon not doing much of anything. Um, right now, yeah, he's 61 OPS plus, like three homers. He finally hit those homers like a couple of days ago, I think. So, yeah. like, not much going on there. And then I'll look at Correa's numbers to top it off, I guess. Um, he's missing time. He's got the best numbers out of all of them, although he did miss some time with the uh, what was it, the wrist injury or finger injury, or what was it? I think like just yeah, he got injured versus the Astros, which was ironic, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. uh, 123 OPS plus, batting 279, 344 OVP, slugging 407, three homers, 16 RBIs, and he's playing his usual blend of solid defense. He'll probably opt out of that. De- oh, he's still injured actually. He'll probably opt yeah. out of that deal. I think he realizes it. I think he's going to opt out of that deal. Uh, I, I can if, see that happening. I think if he stays healthy for the rest of the year, like if he comes back and he just hits the way he usually does, I think he's going to opt out. I just don't understand what 
I mean, he has the ring, quote unquote, already. So it's not like he needs much of else, but it's just don't know what he has to gain from being in Minnesota. It's just the contract, really. Like, I think he just wants the money at this point. Like, there's nothing else he just. I guess he wants to prove that he could do it on his own instead of being like, oh, it's Altuve and Brigman and and Kyle Tucker and and all that stuff. So, and trash cans, of course. Um, Obviously. I, I mean, like, I think generally think that's really, not trying to prove, but I generally think that's part of like his equation here as to like why, like, why he was like on Minnesota. Apparently, yeah. that team is is all vibes now too, which is kind of cool. Everyone loves everybody. I guess so. <laughs> A lot of Twins beat reporters were kind of putting that onus on Donaldson as well, for what it's worth. But at the same time, uh, someone on the I don't know. Listen, you can't be the evil empire without having a few bad guys. All right, was, that's just was the it, way it is. Was it Gallo who said this is the best clubhouse he's been a part of? Someone said it. Well, I don't know if it was Donaldson who said this is the best clubhouse he's been a part of, which in that case is is troubling. Yeah, the I mean the threshold would be pretty low. Let me say best clubhouse. <laughs> like I don't know it was Gallo. Oh. Yeah, Gallo said this is one of the best clubhouses he's been a part of. Well, it's because he's on a winner. Well, yeah, I mean Texas. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't seem that hard. He got into the, he got into it on those tail end of like those like early 2010 like Texas teams. So um but yeah, right now, uh None of the other shortstops really hitting much of anything else. If we're looking at all of them, I think by OPS plus, uh, what's his name? Oh, the Trevor Story too. I forgot to look him up. He went on a hot streak, but he started off the season like awful. Yeah, he was. His arm wasn't working, making jump throws from behind second base. Yeah, he's got a one ten OPS plus, nine homers, batting two twenty five, slugging four thirty nine. I, let me see when he started kicking in the gear. I know April was brutal for him. Yeah. Um, let me see. He's on a bit of a cold streak as of late, but and he's still kind of getting used to playing second base, which is also funny. Um, so you paying the big bucks for? Yeah, it was really his like May, and it was like recently in late May that he kind of broke out of it because he he's been slumping like big time. Um, yeah, he's been fine. If you go by OPS plus, uh, IKF's in the bottom of that pack, but not by much. He's got a 90 OPS plus, uh, no PS plus. And by the defensive metrics, he's like a net neutral. He's not terrible. He won't kill you, but he's not like awful at shortstop either. So he's fine. He's, he's, he's what he's meant to be. He's supposed to be like a stopgap, at least for a couple of years to buy the other two kids some time if they are the guys, I guess. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. Probably will be till one of those two Volpe Peraza show up that we can finally have made a full decision. I don't think it's this year. Uh, no, they're both kind of not hitting so far, and I think they're probably just gonna they're probably content. Like, there's no reason to mess up with any of it, anyways. But I do like ICAP as a utility guy at some point. Yeah, but there, there's I don't think either of them are gonna show up in the big league. I, Volpe, I knew was kind of a long shot to begin with, but I don't even think Peraza is gonna crack the big league roster right now. Not, we got time. Yeah, they, they do. It's, it's still the best team in the league, baby. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing pretty <laughs> doing well. Doing all right. <laughs> doing okay. Uh, but where, where do you think this team can, can improve besides catcher? Uh, we could talk uh, about two, two of the weakest links on this team right now. Yeah. Uh, names don't need to be said. You already knew it was 
Aaron Hicks, Joey Gallo, still struggling. Jallo, Gallo, ooh, Jallo. Gallo did get the championship <laughs> belt a few days ago um, for his two-run home run against, what was it, the Tigers? Yeah. Yeah, it was um, the Tigers, yeah. It's on Sunday morning. That led into Sunday afternoon, which was, yeah. was you know, the game started at 1130 and somehow still went to 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, as every Gallo offensive experience goes, you hope that this home run or this double is going to be the one that opens him up. And It never does. Yeah, it's remaining to be seen so far. I guess we'll find out tonight if any of that's going to have any carryover. Um, Aaron Hicks does nothing for this team anymore. He, uh, I, I, he still works a walk, so and I do think his defense is probably a little bit better in left field than in, in center field. So I'm not going to say he's a total net neutral. You're also on the hook for him for the next like three years for thirty, like next two years for twenty million dollars total. Yeah. So I, he's more removable than Gallo right now, and it, I, I don't even think it's a money thing because it's, it's literally just. Like he's on ten million a year. Uh, it's just a year's thing because I don't think people want three like this year and then two more years worth of Aaron Hicks. I think this offseason, the offseason, they could move him if anything, and they have to pay at least half that contract. Yeah, um, so. I'm a Gallo guy. I'll be in. I'm, I'm in his corner. I, you you have been. You you have been traditionally the Gallo supporter yeah. out of the two of us. I. It's scaring me where it's it's starting to feel like a Sunny Gray situation. That it's just like we need to cut bait. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not at a hope yet. I would say obviously as baseball goes, as you approach the deadline, uh, you start to evaluate a little bit deeper. I'm hoping he's going to figure it out. We'll see what happens. Um, Minnesota series are generally good bookmarks for Yankees or benchmarks, I should say. Uh, just in terms of you know we always play them in the playoffs and. We always have good series against them, so I'd like to see him continue to build on this offensive sputter, I guess you could right. call it, but we'll see. I just I don't think you're going to get anything for him, and just hoping he figures it out. I think he's just like an ultimate change of scenery candidate, kind of like Sonny Gary. and Gary, too, before yeah. him, of course. There's just guys who just like don't fit in New York, and, and then we've seen that twice. We've seen that at least once now with Sonny after like, yeah. Cashman's reluctance to make the big trade has like been kind of funny. And then when he trades for the said guy, that guy has not worked out in New York. Yeah. The only one that's been good so far has been Stanton. Yeah. And like you, you're stuck with him, of course. Like there was no like, like you can't move him easily. Yeah. But it, it's because like he, he went for Sonny. Sonny didn't work out. He had to admit that mistake. And then Gallo hasn't worked out so far, and he'll probably have to own that one. The ones that have worked out have been Stanton. And then Paxson to a lesser degree. And obviously, yeah. he got hurt. But the, it, it's funny because he the, there's just this, this reluctance that we've seen. He's like, oh, he won't make the big trade or the big signing, I guess. And what he has, it just hasn't really like worked well. So he traded for two injury-prone guys and then two guys who just couldn't cut it in New York. So the track record's not too great there, which is kind of funny. He, he's going to find in the talent, or I guess, around the margins, which is yeah. uh, his his whole bread and butter so far. But um, there's been some notion, too, that Gallo hits better when he's playing right field than, than left. It's small sample size. He's only played nine games in right field so far. His batting average is better, but his OBP and his slugging are worse. So take that for what you will, I guess. Yeah. Um. The Padres were interested, I know, back in spring training. 
AJ Preller has a knack for collecting former Rangers since he was part of that organization. So give us a call, <laughs> please. Yeah. I, I for sure though, based on current trends, like see it or I find it hard to see him being with the team past this year for sure. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna re-up with him in the offseason at all. I, I, I yeah. I mean, hey, you know, you made trade for Gallo, trade for Rizzo. One of them's working out. That's that's really all you could ask for. Yeah, after a funky May, I think Rizzo's I wouldn't say back, but like he's looking a little bit more like he's yeah, looking he, sharper at least. He's evening off. I mean, he led the league in home runs for a decent period of time. Obviously, he wasn't gonna continue yeah, we, on that tear, but it's good to see too. him kind of get back to, to where he needs to be yeah and like that i think this version of him like where this in between thing is kind of where we expect him to be which is like totally fine honestly yeah it's 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 more than okay he's still giving you pretty good defense oh wait like out above average doesn't like, sack ass doesn't like him but every other metric i think has him as a perfectly good first baseman which is funny but yeah he's been fine like i still i yeah i was giving him a little bit of flack because it was just like he's not catching nearly enough heat people were obviously giving that off to hicks and gallo of course and rightfully so i'm not saying they shouldn't give it to him but it was just like he's not catching enough heat um but I'm still glad that he's he's here and he's he's doing his thing. He's just steadily consistent. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I don't know. The guy I talked about for Gallo was Nelson Lamet from the Padres because that's a dude who's just like completely out. Of, he was a Cy Young candidate at COVID season, but he was he finished fourth in Cy Young voting that year at least, and he yeah. has had a track record of being like pretty good there's like underlying metrics that look like he, he could be something at least but he's 29 years old like i don't the potters probably won't give him a shot i think again and i think he requested a trade so i don't know it probably wouldn't be the worst idea to kick the tires on that one that's a team that also has like a lot of expiring guys on expiring contracts like blake snell's a free agent at the end of the year i think um clevenger too and i think snell has one more year clevenger's a free agent at the end of the year joe musgrove is too yeah. um Snell got and Manea, beaten Manea. up by the Mets. That was tough. Yeah, I wonder if he's a guy that they could take a look at. I don't know how I would feel about that. Not that we need a starter, but that would be interesting if they decided to go that route. Just take a look. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? You think the Padres? The Padres feel like the team, I guess. But yeah, but I think that's just an effect of the Padres continually going after people. And also former Rangers too. So it's like yeah. it's the perfect. It's like it's the perfect combination, perfect one two really of of, of of this. Yeah. I other than them, I guess like the the Mariners the other team that I thought about. I think during the off season because it said there was some AL West team like went in. Just trying to throw them away as far as possible, aren't you? I mean, yes. They that's the team that kind of is lacking. Like they have a lot of outfield depth, but none of them like like has been healthy or good besides yeah. Rodriguez he's been great so far like a blast to watch as a rookie but uh Kalnick has not turned into the next Mike Trout which is funny um things happen you know the, Met, the Mets win that trade I guess I, I don't question mark no one uh, wins that trade <laughs> I don't think so uh Taylor Trammell can't get a foothold like in the outfield at all Mitch Hanniger is injured yet again Kyle Lewis injured yet again uh and Jesse Winker who they traded for from the Reds has been below average so far so their outfield's like kind of a mess outside of rodriguez um i i guess that's a possibility if the i mean i know jerry depoto loves to try to stay in it as much as possible and will trade for literally anybody who has a pulse so 
I wonder what that could look like. I don't I winker for Gallo. I would do that in a heartbeat, honestly. What do you think? I I mean it could happen in the offseason. I just don't see the Yankees shaking the core if the current pace continues. I just oh, don't see a, a chemistry shakeup. I think I would though. I just I want like I know people are trying to find ways to actually get on this team. And I'm just kind of like, I think you should just get anything you can for him because it does not seem like like if he's your judge insurance, like if you like, oh, judge is gonna leave and your insurance is Joey Gallo, man. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not good. That's not good business. Yeah. I had joked about that in in the offseason. And I, I like half jokingly, half serious, because it was just like, okay, you do have your like I'd thought about it too. I was like, you have your built-in guy in this case to hedge against that, like just in case, like, oh, he's gonna leave, or like let's say this team, like myself and a yeah. lot of other people kind of projected them not to be as good as they are now, of course. We're just like, okay, if this team like has a free fall, like we're kind of projecting them to, and knock on one, luckily they haven't. Like, yeah, but it is not gonna be the same value at all. No, you're no. getting AL MVP front runner, I would say at this point, Aaron Judge versus strikeout king. Joey Gallo, a guy who's eclipsed his 2017 like rookie season, which was like one for the ages. Yeah. Kind of brought both of us back into like liking baseball again, too. Yeah. Like definitely brought they kind of woke the Yankees up, you know. I mean, yeah, that was like it was supposed to be the rebuilding year, of course. And then they shocked us back into like caring about baseball again, which was nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess that's like one possibility. I, I I do think you're right. I don't think they're going to tacitly admit this mistake in the middle of the year and trade him. Yeah. But I just that and the chemistry thing I mentioned, you know, club yeah. dub, whatever's going on in the Yankee clubhouse every time they win the championship belt, man. They had, yeah, that. they, uh, they gave it to uh, Chapman got they, one for making a save and Gallo got one. Yeah. Gallo got one. Uh, Gallo got the last one because, uh, yeah. He came up with the game tying home run. Um, yeah. The team knows how to pick each other up. They're pretty good at that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna mess up a lot of stuff, but I get, they they still have holes there. They need out. They need an outfielder. I think still. Yeah, you want Benny Biceps to show up ideally because well, all right. I would like Brian Reynolds. I think everyone probably would because he's a natural center fielder. He's under club control for at least a few more years. I highly doubt that's the guy that Cashman is just like, I'll put all the chips on the table for. Yeah. Not because he's saving up for anybody else. I just don't think he's going to do it. Like people are like, oh, because he's going to, he wants Soto instead. Like, I, I don't even think that's a possibility. <laughs> like, I don't think he's, I don't think Soto's going to trade it. A and B, I just don't think he's the guy that's like, I'm pushing all my chips in for that. He just doesn't seem like he want, he wants any part of trading big pieces for like a, a name brand player. Yeah. So, um, Cedric Mullen's another one, but I'm always worried about the in-division tax with that. Um, he'd be nice, though, because he's a nice speed threat and plays like a – his arm's just an al dente noodle, but he plays a pretty good center field, and he's fast as hell and yeah. a lefty. So, like, that wouldn't be bad. This is starting to feel like a Stan Pat kind of year, though. A reliever? But like Maybe. you and I, like I said, Robertson, but some of the people were just like, no, because of that whole playoff share thing from a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Or he Britain he could potentially come back at some point. They said August and I've joked with you and, and a few other people. It's just like, he's going to be the, the quote unquote deadline acquisition of the yeah. injured player returning near the deadline, which See if Chapman's Achilles, whatever the up. issue that is 
yeah is fixed i those are two guys has holes i just don't see obviously i like your outfielder ideas i think they're great ideas i just don't know if they'll do it yeah yeah i don't know i we're still a ways away i do think an outfielder and a possible reliever like two things that i would want right now yeah um yeah i'd send you like one trade proposal i guess for 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 ben attendee um that had because uh i don't know it's just i don't know if it came yeah it came up it was uh ben attendee for esteban floreal randy vasquez and ken waldchuk so floreal one-time top prospect had a lot of injuries kind of felt the radar and now he's 24 without a place to really play in the big leagues and when he does come up and plays a little bit like obviously he's not getting consistent reps but he has looked whatever really yeah Vasquez and Waldachuk are two high-end arms or higher-end arms, I guess, like in the minors who are going to be Rule 5 eligible. Those are two guys who uh, they tend to like. Um, yeah, they t- like Cashman tends to like trading um, Rule 5 eligible guys. So, like, you know, there's the 40-man roster crunch in the season. He has flexibility to play around. So he likes trading those two. You do. So that's it's kind of why I targeted that. It's a... It's an outfielder who's like kind of just out of like a place to play, play in the big leagues and two, two arms. Yeah. So that could be a possibility. It, my trade proposal sucks as per River Review Blues, but we ran it through that trade value machine and it, it came up as a, you know, an all go. Um, so I don't know. I guess it's a possibility. I would like, he's a good rental, I think. And he, he at the bare minimum, you could go with an outfield of, let's say, uh, Ben Attendee in left, Judge in center. Stanton right, and then DH like Glaber and 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 Donaldson sometimes are there, and then roll with like a rotating infield of like Rizzo stays at first and and IKF stays at short, and then between second and third rotate some combination of Donaldson, DJ, and Glaber. Joey and Hicks come off the bench, I guess, or in some sense. I don't know. It's an ideal world. I want to live in the world you live in because it sounds like fun. I mean, I guess. Um, <laughs> Sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. Um, can we get Didi back? <laughs> God, I thought about that one. That was a while ago. I was like Didi for Chapman, but the Phillies are going nowhere because like they need bullpen help at least. And I was just like, well, take the reliever that you know they kind of know, and then we'll get yeah. the shortstop that we kind of know, and then you know just just like have a little fun with that. But I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it's just a fun thing because, like, it would be cool to see, like, if he came back and then, like, tuned a little bit with IKF. I, I think that door is closed, of course, but it was just one of those, like, hypotheticals that I had in my head, too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a guy who wants out. Okay. Let's talk about Meggie. Yeah. Uh, you shocked? You stunned? What do you think? Does he have, like, is an unmitigated goal here? What are your, your thoughts on this? <laughs> unmitigated goal. No, I think it's fine. <laughs> Uh, I think this should have been expected, um, especially with the way that there's just been a lack of using him. Uh, and he's performing decently well at the major league level. He's a guy who deserves to have an opportunity. So I think my only regret is not having Clint Frazier around to package them both together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We beat I mean, that. Trout, Trout for Andahar and Frazier, who says no. <laughs> not I, not I whatsoever. Obviously, that horse has been beat just to a gluey pulp at this point. Um, those were probably our two biggest trade chips. Uh, and 
Davey Garcia too, who's also been awful at AAA. And, and it's just another example of the cash man not cashing in his chips at the right time. Um, yeah. Likes to keep those cards close to the chest until they're no longer worthy. Yeah. Until someone shoots you in the chest and shoots yeah. right through the cards. Um, yeah. Uh, Miguel Andor just had a couple, had a nice little stint right now back at the big league club. Played a, played a decent left field, honestly. I kind of liked what he, he did out there. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like gold glove defense, but he looked a lot more comfortable in the outfield than he did at third base. Uh, like very Ryan Braun esque. I remember that was the comparison when he first made the move. Um, he hit exactly as Gallo and Hicks did, I think they have the same OPS. Uh, so he wasn't much of like a, a positive there, but. I think everyone's just kind of so enamored of like what he could possibly regain or recapture from that 2018 season um, that he just seems like, and obviously he's not Hicks or Gallo where he's striking out like a, a, an amazing ton that everyone's just kind of curious to see what he would have been like if he got more playing time. Unfortunately, due to the roster crunch and Donaldson going back, he, he got sent and Stanton too, he got sent down and he requested the trade. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're not going to get much back for him. I honestly think whatever reliever that you're adding at the deadline probably gets added for and who are, if we're being very honest, some yeah. no name who Matt Blake just takes and turns into a stud like Clay Holmes last year. So I don't know. It, it, it sucks. They held on to him for way too long. This was a guy who could have been traded for, for Pittsburgh Derek Garrett Cole at one point. Yeah, but why would we want that? Why would why would we want Garrett Cole in his prime, Dave? When we could just sign him for a record contract later. As he's pushing 30. Also, we do I, I do want to address something just real quick. Just why do people think that Cole's having a bad year? He is five and one with a very good FIP. Uh, a very good ERA. Like, why do people think these because because Cortez is doing laps around him? I like can we be happy that Nestor is doing laps around him and that Cole's also having a good year? Like what like why do we need to No, we're around? only allowed to have one good pitcher at a time. I'm this so is the way it's always been. I'm so confused. Like I'm very confused about that. I there's it's not like all of Yankee Twitter, but there's like a select few people who are just like always having a terrible year. I'm like, he's shoving just as much as everyone else. The whole rotation's having a good year. What are we talking about? Hey, Nestor is worth one more war than Garrett Cole right now. So yeah, that was a big sticking point. He's like, and he's worth like a fraction of the cost. Like, oh, okay, we kind of needed to pay for an ace at some point. Like, yeah, did you want to go through more James Paxton's and Sonny Gray's in the world, or did you want the bona fide real thing? And then supplement him with a bunch of lower cost guys like we have now. Hmm. I don't know. Is that something you'd be interested in? I, I absolutely would. Uh, speaking of those low cost guys, uh, JMO. They should probably look to extend him too, I think, at this point. Yeah. I think the trade last year was a little shaky. This year, especially with the injury at the end, this year he's back. I totally better, forgot he got injured, man. Like better that, than ever. That's how good he's been. Yeah. Um, I don't see why not you wouldn't extend him. He, he is essentially as touted as Garrett Cole said he was. So I think he's doing he should be full steam right? ahead with this. Like, I, we might also be just pressured in the moment, too, because he's just coming off like a perfect game bid. But, I mean, the numbers for the season are fantastic. They're so yeah. good. Um, yeah, six and one. He leads the majors and wins. Uh, 10 starts, 2.3 ERA, 2.8 FIP. He's got 44 strike, 44 strikeouts to five walks. He's only walked five dudes in the whole season. What? <laughs> in 58 innings. 
whatever they saw in him and like I, I think all of us did see something in him of course like he'd been up and down like we said coming off injuries but he's been fantastic yeah he's free to the end of the year i generally think they should look to extend him sooner rather than later monty's another guy who we, we've hammered time and time again because we're big yeah. monty guys in this pod monty is suffering this season from a lack of runs scored for him aka corona syndrome yeah so i this isn't on him i mean the the last run through the rotation the yankees have just been killer from a pitching standpoint so i that's part of the reason why i was talking to you earlier like i don't see a need for this team at the deadline because it just seems like everything's clicking the way it should yeah i my thing is i just would not want to go into october with like a seven man lineup like seven and a half i'll say because sometimes yeah. ikf gives you something and Sometimes, yeah, like that. IKF and Trevino are giving you stuff right now, at least a little bit of something. Hopefully, that continues at least. But your left fielder and your your center fielder, at least, like the opening day guys, are not giving you much of anything. So, yeah, outfielder I think is the priority as well as yeah. the bullpen piece. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Going back to Monty, uh, that's a he's free agent in two years. Another guy they should definitely look into getting extension done with because he's one of those dudes who is like a middle rotation guy that some small market team like. Uh, not the Reds because they're poor. Like the, <laughs> like the not the Reds. They have no, no money. Yeah, like because the, they're poor. But like, uh, not uh, trying to think of like a, I don't know, like the Pirates or something like that. Like, let's say they were like, oh, we're finally getting out of this rebuild. They're they're a team that they that they overpay for a guy like Jordan Montgomery to be like their number two or their number one for a second at least. Yeah, you know, kind of like it, it was someone to what the. The Rocky, the not the Rockies, the Rangers did this year with like John Gray. They didn't pay John Gray like a, an absorbent amount of money, but they paid him like a decent, they paid him like at least middle rotation money to be kind of like the guy. He hasn't really done too well so far, but they're just waiting for like Jack Leiter to take over like as the ace. Yeah. Like if that makes sense. So I don't know. That that's those are two guys they should definitely look to lock up. Tyon, of course, first because he's about to hit for agency. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I think the hope, obviously, with these situations. Um, trying to keep players on the team is going to be making sure you either win the whole thing or have a deep enough playoff run where you're enticing these guys to come back for continued success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Yankees do have good starter depth, at least in the minors right now. We mentioned Walden Shaw, we mentioned Vasquez. Uh, Hayden was, was, was an Iski. I don't know if it's his last name. You know that guy, right? He's a, the, the other righty who's at, Triple A right now has been dominating. I don't know if he's on the, I think he's on the 40 man, but yeah. he's a guy who's been dominating at Triple A. Luis Medina's name has been talked about. Luis Hill going through Tommy John right now. I don't know if he's going to be a starter long term, but he's another guy who obviously we know from last year has been great. Yeah, Clark, flashes Sh- potential for sure. Yeah, Schmidt's been pitching out of the bullpen, but he's looked good as ever this year. JP Sears gave you that spot start. He's been fantastic. Like they have a lot of guys, like at least just yeah. depth wise in the minors right now who could step into those spots. But if the goal obviously is to keep kind of this nucleus intact and like keep going for championships, then like maybe they should look to work a little short term deal with like Tyone or yeah. at least like a longer one with Monty. I would, it shouldn't have to be one or the other, but like at least try to lock at least one of those guys up. I, I would say, yeah, uh, potentially this year, maybe try to work on JMO first, potentially like I don't know, like a three, four year deal or something like that. Front load it, you know, kind of give him like a little bit what like Severino got, I guess, like his original extension because. Tyone doesn't have like a ton of mileage on his arm. He's been very injury prone. So he's a hedge against that, but I can't imagine going to take like two, too much. So try to get it done now. Yeah. And then give Nestor all the money in 
Steinbrenner's bank account. Just have him in Cole Saw contracts, man. That's how it is. Cole sucks. Yeah. God. But, uh, you know, it seems clicking. Um, yeah, they're doing, you know, they're best team in baseball, which I, like, I didn't expect. I don't know if you fully expected that either. No, I was predicting them second in the East. You were more Probably. optimistic than I was because I was saying yeah. place. I, I, I was I, way more optimistic than you. Yeah. I, I still had the Blue Jays being the front runner for the division, but it's hilarious because that team did make up ground too. And like they, they won a ton of games and they didn't make up any ground actually in the AL, yeah. which is just a testament to how well we've been playing. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's all finally coming together. You hope so. Happens. You can hope they. Yeah. I hope they keep it up, man. I would love to to get to a couple games this October and whatnot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I think an outfielder and a and a reliever are probably the two best bets of the deadline, and the relievers feel like they're going to come from within, which fine with that. Just go out and get me Benny biceps, I guess. That's, yeah. that's disgusting when I say it like that. Hey, he's <laughs> gonna hit. He's gonna hit to the short porch. Don't you fret. He actually does it well. Yankee Stadium. Remember what Martinez said? Like that dude just loves playing here. You'll yeah. see, see his career numbers at the stadium. Um, and now he's played pretty well here. Um, he's also a guy who's played a little bit of center field, just not recently. So that could help us out as well. That, I think that's also why I kind of like him too. Um, he has played... He's played 66 games at Yankee Stadium, right? In his entire career. 284, 50, 353 OVP. Um, slugs 468 at the stadium. He has nine homers there, 39 RBIs, um, 71 hits, and OPS plus of about 108 at Yankee Stadium. Oh, no, sorry. Against the Yankees. Oh, shit. That was against the Yankees. Never mind. At Yankee Stadium, he played 30 games here, OPS plus of 108, seven home runs at Yankee Stadium, 20 RBIs, 261 average. Sign me up. Uh, he's got good numbers here, man. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah, I would take him. I would absolutely make that trade. Yeah. Benny biceps, Dave. It's gonna cut the sleeves off his jersey. <laughs> See what happens. Just you wait. It's happening. It's all coming together. It's it is make, all coming together this season. It's gonna make Caravis's mind melt. Oh god. <laughs> coming for you, Jared. No one clip that and send it to him, please. You're gonna clip it and send it to him. I I no, I have no interest in doing that to you. Engaging, also engaging with that human being. Yeah, there's no, there's no need anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, what do we have for mind the gap? I had an idea, but I. Oh, uh, you want to rank the city connect jerseys? Like, you yeah, said I was actually thinking the same exact thing. All right, good. Yeah, Dan, let me pull up this image I texted you. Yeah, yeah, Dan, I'm gonna do I have screen sharing enabled. Uh, so Dan sent me the message in the morning. Uh. About yeah. uh, the city connectors, is they dropped the uh, Angels one yesterday, which I loved. And what'd you think about it? You were a fan, right? You liked it. Yeah, it, I think cream is always an odd thing for me with baseball jerseys because it was used heavily in the early 2010s to kind of replicate that throwback. Kind of yeah. yeah, like the Twins had it, the Mets had it, um, Phillies had it. I wasn't a huge fan of it because it it always looks so meh, kind of especially during day games. Um, I think I, those old school jerseys, like they had back in the day, were cream. They were just like an off white, really. Like that was yeah, they were the white, deep. and then they got old. That was it. It wasn't like yeah. yeah. So um, I think that's why they they really threw me off there. Yeah, the Angels one, I I like all of the connections. 
you know, to Southern California surf scene. I think it looks great. I think it's good for the Angels. Uh, and it's definitely one of the top ones that we've seen of the City Connect jerseys so far. Yeah. Yeah, I got the graphic up here. Um, yeah. yeah, so we've had... The Red Sox released one. That was the yellow ones with the blue caps. They kind of look a little UCLA-ish, but they're tributes, obviously, of course, to the Boston Marathon. Uh, the Marlins did the uh, tribute to the Havana Sugar Kings. The White Sox had those all-black ones with the white pinstripes. It said South Island on them. Cubs had baby blue ones with Wrigleyville in the front. The Diamondbacks one went with Serpientes uh, and a, a khaki sort of jersey. Uh, yeah. The Giants one with those creamsicle ones with the like neon like g on that neon orange g on there the dodgers went with the laziest one of all time just said los dodgers just a dog shit uniform not even los doyers it's los dodgers yeah just an all blue the whole thing from head to toe is blue the that's what with the, the tributes of the cherry blossoms the astros went with the navy blue space city ones royals also went with the navy blue ensemble that kind of represented casey in sort of like a fountain logo for the count the fountains out in coffin stadium the rockies released one a couple weeks ago that were very divisive yeah. i think no purple whatsoever they were green mountains and kind of a silhouette of them with some light on there too and then of course the angels went with that sort of socal beachy vibe yeah um i'll let you go first because you you wanted to yeah you, you sent me your take like some of your takes this morning at least yeah uh number one for me by far is the washington nationals cherry blossom ones That's i think the colors are unique for baseball with that gray and pink. I think yeah. the jersey pops with the sublimated cherry blossoms. And mm-hmm. I think it's an all-around great look. Um, number two for me, surprisingly, Colorado. You know, Really? Oh, yeah. I see a ton of Space City stuff down here in Houston. Everyone loves the uniform. Um, but I just, I kind of dig the green look okay. as the full baseball uniform, taken from the license plate font. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. design uh i probably would have the space city ones third just because it's kind okay. of got that neon reflective look with the uh, gradients all over the uniform yeah your uh, your lady friend got one right she got the the jordan yeah one. jordan alvarez shirzy which looks great our All big that. beefy baseball boy who got extended yeah, underpaid underpaid by billions of dollars <laughs> um and then i would say last for me is either san francisco with their fog inspired uniform and the dodgers just for the laziness of it (laughs) it's the the thing with the dodgers jersey is you you and i obviously wanted it to be like los doyers um kind of honoring the hispanic heritage parts of southern california but it kind of worries me from the sense of what the yankees are going to end up doing because this is supposed to be a program that all the teams are going to be participating in it's um, probably just going to be like a navy blue that says like bombers on it and they're going to call yeah, it a day. Which... It's going to be very boring. I yeah. I very much dig the teams going out there. It's very reminiscent of the city edition jerseys that the NBA went through these last couple of years where they're having new uniforms released yeah, this yeah. year. But um, this is, I think this is probably like this, like in terms of the Nike products they've done so far, this is like the middle ground. The ones they do in the NBA have been really good. And then the, you also have the uh, long forgotten. Um, Color Rush? Yes, of course. Yeah. That has gone by the wayside, of course, um, more or less. Um, I, I My top one, I would say, I, this Angels one, I really dug. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. 
I I do get the argument that this should just be like their redesign. They should just go with their main. This should just be their main jersey. I absolutely get that argument, but I just think they're so well done. There's this classic look to them. I do agree the cream was a little much, but I think if you cut out the cream, just made it white. Honestly, I would vibe with this as a main uniform. Yeah. That Otani one's gonna be a hot seller. I like, think the thing that's really selling me on this program is the fact that a lot of the teams are using colored pants instead of just white or gray. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Like, yeah, obviously you have both uh, Houston and Chicago. The Cubs went with like an all navy ensemble essentially, and and the the White Sox went with uh, black pinstripe pants to go with the black pinstripe jersey. Um, yeah, I would say my second spot is probably the Nationals one too. I love the cherry blossom effect. It's really cool. The pink, they like light pink is something you like. We'll never see in a baseball uniform ever. It's it's a cool touch. Uh, and then my third spot is probably either the Sugar Kings one that Miami did, the, the all red with pinstripes. Yeah. Uh, that Jazz Chisholm jersey is absolutely fuego. Or the Southside Chicago White Sox one. I do like that one a lot. It's also hilarious to see Tony Larusa and his 80-year-old self put on that jersey. That just says Southside on there. Like, I don't think yeah. in his wildest dreams he would have ever put that on. <laughs> Um, but I mean, like what the Astros did, I liked what they did. Um, I like what the Royals did as well. Um, I think those two are like audible mentions. The Rockies is starting to grow on me a little bit. I do think there's some ideas there it could do with the, it's just not their usual stuff. So I think that's why I like it a lot or like yeah. it more than, than I, than I thought I would. Um, I do have to say the Boston one, I think when it first came out, it was so jarring because teams hadn't done anything like it. Yeah. It, it, there was it a lot there. of hate for it. It wasn't their usual colors, so people were yeah. like stunned. But it, it, I think it's grown on me. I kind of like. The, yeah. I do like the Boston font on the front. I definitely yeah. like that. In the context of everything, I think it's definitely either mid pack or towards the upper level. The Wrigley one is falling on me. It just seems very boring. It's very bland. I don't like it at all. I, I, the bottom tier for me is definitely the Dodgers one. That yeah, that is the Dodgers. laziest, laziest of a bunch. Um, then followed, I think, by Wrigleyville for me. Um, the Giants is definitely down there. And then I'll put like Boston and the, the D backs one in the middle of the pack. I think the Diamondbacks one also is another one where it's kind of like the Rockies, where it's just, it's definitely different. It's, it's similar, but also different to their regular design. Yeah. And I don't mind it. Like if they did go to like a sand like color for some of their jerseys, I'd be like, okay, cool. It's not as busy as like the, you know, remember when they did this, the snake skin pattern? Yeah. The, the bleeding Kurt Schilling pants. Yeah. It's, it's not, as, it's not as busy as those. So that, that's kind of why I like it. And I do like the font. I think that's something that would be cool for them to play around with. And I, I think they brought back the teal for the caps, which was nice to see. Yeah. Like if they kind of go back to a little bit of that pattern, I, I, that would be kind of cool. Like that's something they should base their, their current uniforms off of at least a little bit. Miami's always a huge plus because they didn't go with the Miami Vice stuff that uh, the Heat did. So it was nice to see them like think of something a little bit more original or out of the box, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious to see what the pot the Potters and the Brewers are the two teams that come next, Brewers and then Potters, I believe. Um, very curious to see what San Diego does for that. I'm not 100% sure whatever Milwaukee does is going to knock their socks off. But Yeah. San Diego, I mean, probably go something U.S. Navy military themed. Yeah, that's the downside. There's a rich history of jerseys there for San Diego to play around with. Like the Taco Bell one, like something inspired by that would be amazing. But yeah, they, they probably won't. Um, and then Milwaukee, I'm having a sinking feeling that they go with cream, kind of like the cream city uniforms that the Milwaukee bucks already were rocking last year. Right. Right. Cause I, I doubt they're going to just go full alcohol beer Jersey for the sake of it. So we'll see. 
Yeah, I'm very curious to see like what they uh, what they come up with for those. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not super optimistic on the Yankees ones now. That I've actually seen the Dodgers and a couple of these other ones. Yeah, I Yankees. I definitely feel we're going to get something maybe, but I doubt they deviate away from. There's not going to be anything crazy going on. Have you seen any mock-ups of like what? Not like they're not like not actual official. leaks, but like have you no. seen any like good-looking mock-ups or just like very standard? Like no, ones. I haven't seen. Honestly, I haven't seen any. Or for the Mets, which I would be interested to see because they're drawing from the same kind of well. Um, yeah, I don't know where the Mets would go. I, yeah, I mean, be, we have the the report. You know what the, you, you know what the Mets should lean into? The Mets should go with like mechanic-looking outfits for Chop Shop Alley. Yeah, that would be good, but I doubt they do it. No, but like that would actually. Well, especially since like Stevie's gonna Uncle Steve is gonna gentrify the entire neighborhood, but. Um, that'd be kind of fire, actually. If they kind of went with like a mechanic-looking type of jersey, like like, yeah. like you know, like the standard mechanic uh, mechanics I'm, like type of shirt and stuff. Seeing, I mean, there's an article last year about the Yankees were like heavily in love with the idea of doing a City Connect jersey, and I'm seeing some people suggest that the Mets and the Yankees split, like a one does NYPD and the other one does FDNY, which I think would just be absolutely boring. Oh, for like the subway series they do around like yeah. September. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not opposed I don't, to I don't it. Think that'll I, work. I get it. I, yeah. It's just going to be very boring. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Ideas they could have like one based off like the subway system, like with subway tile lettering would be really cool. Yeah. Like I'm into that. Um, I think the, the Nets did something like that, right? And the Nets do. Yeah. The Nets have a, a subway similar jersey. Yeah. Let me see. The Nets subway jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a couple years ago. Which was which was kind of nice actually, like yeah. something like that, like yeah, for one of these teams wouldn't be too terrible. Um, I guess the other idea because I don't know, I feel like the Yankees are not going to stick to Bronx specifically; they're going to do all of New York City as a whole. Whereas the Mets might stick to just Queens. Yeah, I can see that happening. That's kind of the identity of the two things, where it's like, oh, the Yankees on the city, but like the Mets are like loyal to the Queens, obviously, like. I could see the Yankees going with like a Statue of Liberty inspired one where they're like, it, that'd be wild. They go with like a green inspired thing. Yeah. Like a green and copper inspired city connect. I could, I could deal with like a, like a Bronx is burning seventies something. Interesting type of thing, but I, I doubt they go there. Third, I think they 15. They're hundred percent going to want something that is universally understandable so that they could sell more yeah i i, I agree it, it's I'm trying to see. we're trying to look up mock-ups right now we might take we'll probably take this offline in a little bit but um yeah, i don't know i think it's gonna be very conservative not really gonna break the uh break the internet with whatever design they do um and one of us will probably be a slave and end up buying one that says like judge 99 or something but of course see. hey gosh you 66 <sighs> number one hickey stand all right, that's all we have for today. It was a nice long one. The Yankees have been rolling, so we had a few things to take off our chest, I guess. Um, we'll probably come back to you closer near the deadline, perhaps, or All-Star break. Um, yeah. All-Star voting starts tomorrow, so keep an eye out for that. Um, we have a few deserving candidates in terms of position players, so get out there, vote, do your part. Vote early, vote often. All right, see you. See ya. See ya.
That's it.